You are listening to First Church Charlotte. Greetings, everyone. Pastor Nathan here. I miss you so much. I'm looking forward to when we all gather back together. It's going to be a great time. I'm reading this evening from Genesis chapter number 26 and verse number 23. And I'm reading a little bit about the story of Isaac, the, the son of Abraham. Let's read it, verse 23. Then he, Isaac, went up from there to Beersheba, and the Lord appeared to him the same night and said, I am the God of your father Abraham. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bless you and multiply your descendants for my servant Abraham's sake. So Isaac built an altar there and called on the name of the Lord. And he pitched his tent there, and there Isaac's servants dug a well. This is something that we uh, rush past many times, and that is the sense that Abraham has a covenant with the Lord, and Isaac, in many ways, is the promised son to Abraham, but Isaac has to transition from uh, God as my father's God to God as my God. This is the difference between a religion you inherit um, and one that you, 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 find, you find faith for within your own heart. This is the difference between a relationship that your parents, say, uh, had with God and a relationship that you build uh, in your life. This is the moment of, of transition where um, Yahweh is not simply the God of my father, but he is my God. This must happen. It is, it's important that this happens. Otherwise, uh, what has been built in Abraham would have been lost in Isaac. Uh, many, many, many generations of faith end in this manner where there's a break in the chain and the Lord has to raise up um, another people, uh, say, or another leader or another prophet um, this is a moment of transferal where the promises that have been given to Abraham are now the, the received promises of Isaac. And we see that here in the scripture. Uh, it's easy for us to forget that the characters of the Bible and even the authors of the Bible um, wrote with imperfect knowledge. There was so much they did not know. And they, uh, particularly... If you read the prophets, there's a tendency for us to think, oh, well, they, they understood the end from the beginning. Well, not really. They spoke as they were moved on by the Spirit. But there were so many things that they did not know. It would only be generations later that it was understood. In the moment, they are speaking as they are moved on by the Spirit, but they are not necessarily you know, offering some calculus of divinity. They're not giving you some formula for God that allows you to kind of just follow the plan. It's not like a treasure map. It's, it's much more of a, uh, a prophetic insight, much more of a promise given. Um, in other words, everything that God gives must be held in the faithfulness of the people who have received it. Let me, let me say that again. Um, if God gives you something, it won't be giving to, given to you in the sense of possession so much as it'll be given to you in the sense of invitation. And if you will respond to it in faith and you orient your life toward it in faith, then it will be 
um, a guide to you. It will be a direction to you. It will be a, a lamp to your feet. But it's not given to you in the sense of a treasure map or a formula where you can kind of just turn your heart off or turn your mind off and just kind of, you know, <laughs> insert formula here. It's, it's not, that's not how it is. Every generation is called to faithfulness. Now that is, that is a, uh, that, that, I, I said a mouthful right there. Every generation is called to faithfulness. None of us are given um, uh, a theological package that allows us to kind of sit back or recline on it and um, just watch God do what God's going to do. <clears throat> and while we sit back with certainty, no, that's, that's not how we follow. It is required of a steward that, they, that he or she is faithful. And so <clears throat> whether it's Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, whether it's the prophets, the kings, uh, the, the judges, whether it's the disciples, whether it's the New Testament church, we all of us hold the promises of God, the gifts of God in faithfulness. So that's another way of saying this. There will always be more we don't understand than what we do understand. But even with imperfect understanding, we can be faithful. I want to show you that in the life of, the, the life of, of Isaac here. Um, but before I do that, I want, to, I want to remind you that even now we are required to be faithful. We are. Um, this whole circumstance we're living through, this virus, COVID-19, um, it's, it's such a small thing. It's literally, it's a sphere about one, a little over one nanometer across, which that's a billionth of a meter. That is, that's, it's a billionth of a meter. And it has shut our world down. We've had tens of thousands of people die. We've got, what, 14 million unemployed. The, our economy is totally on hold. The world has shut down over this tiny, tiny thing. I, I saw, I've seen some funny memes, I'm sure you have too, that have been on social media. Um, and one of them takes a picture of one of the vampire shows that are on uh, TV. And they put a picture of that, like, apocalypse, apocalyptic picture up. And then they put another picture of, like, um, the clear skies over a city because there's no cars or very little cars running. And so it's very clear. And the caption says, this is the apocalypse that we all expected. And this is the one we actually got. Um, even so, th there's so much about this. It's just unprecedented. We, we, it's like we don't, it's all new. I've, I've, um, I, I want to send a, a, a shout out to all of our medical professionals who are um, working on the front lines of this. I know um, it's some of the stories are just harrowing of, of people uh, rushing. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to get into it. It's just our, our, our hearts and our prayers are with you, all of you who are on the front lines of this. Um, there's a tendency, particularly in the skeptic's heart, to, to try to blame God for things as though we were, you know, as though we're pets of God and He's responsible for our care rather than beings that He created and placed in a world, and then we act as free entities within that world. Um, look, for unbelievers, I, I, I get it. I mean, it's just what they're always going to do. They're going to look, look for a way to blame God. As Christians, uh, as believers, we need to be careful not to try to figure out cause and effect. Um, twice in the Gospels, both by uh, the, the, uh, the, the physician, I should say, uh, Luke, um, twice he, he warns us not, not to, and it's in chapter 9 and in chapter 13, 
where he warns us against trying to look at a circumstance and figure out the cause and effect on what God did or God didn't do. That's really not, not helpful in a circumstance like this. Um, much better is for us to take the many, many, many things that we do not know much about and to respond to them through faithfulness. That's what we see the patriarchs are doing here. So I want to show you this. Um, the first thing that Isaac does, um, he, 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 he hosts the presence of the Lord. We read this here. The Lord speaks to him. I am the God of your father, Abraham. Do not fear for I am with you. Of course, Isaac's first response is just, you know, divine fear. He's reassured from that. The Lord says, I'm with you. I was with your father. I'm with you. I will multiply. In other words, the same promises I gave to your father, I'm giving them to you. Uh, and he receives this. Isaac receives this. And then he does uh, three things. The first thing he does is he builds an altar and calls upon the name of the Lord. That's the very first thing. This is the, the moment of, of transition. This is his first response to the presence of God is to build a, an altar, a meeting place, a, a way of honoring God first and foremost in his, in his life. Uh, this is what all of us do in circumstances where there's more that we do not know than there is that we know. This is how we, uh, we respond to the call of God, the promise of God, the word of God. We respond with faithfulness. Um, we do it by making sure our relationship to him is right. If you will remember the Ten Commandments, the first five of those Ten Commandments is uh, about a right relationship with God. It's the second five that is about relationships one to another. The first five commandments are about serving, serving the Lord. We cannot take the altars in our life lightly. It is the most important thing we do. When we receive the presence of God, when we receive the, 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 um, the gift of His promise to us, His words to us, uh, we respond by building an altar. You don't take that lightly. You don't just rush past the presence of God. Um, all of us, so much we do not know, so many things we do not understand. How do we live faithfully in the midst of those things? This is how. Make sure you have an altar in your life. Build yourself an altar. Don't let it just be a ritual or a formula. Um, that was one of the problems the children of Israel did. Um, and the Lord spoke to them through the prophet Malachi. Um, he said, I have a controversy with you because you have, you have found the, the, all, your altars, or as the prophet said, the table of the Lord. You found it contemptible. You treated it as though it didn't really matter. It was unimportant. You let it be a ritual rather than a relationship. And so the first response any of us do the first right response is to build an altar of meeting, a place where we put ourselves before the presence of God and we seek His, his face, we seek His voice, we build an altar in our life. The second thing he does is um, he pitches a tent. Um, now, this is speaking in terms of the images in the Scripture. This is meeting his needs. So the altar was unto the Lord. The tents for Isaac, he, he obviously is not a beast of the field. He can't live out in the elements. He, you know, what happens when you live in the elements? Well, you tend to die of exposure. Maybe not right away, but you tend to die of exposure. But I love the idea of a tent because our dwelling here, here is temporary. Um, we get moved around while we're here. <laughs> it's mobile in this, this whole image of the tent. It's a mobile habitation and it's a temporary dwelling and it's very fragile construction and it reminds us of the frailty of life. I, I think that is so well suited to life as we have known it. However, 
I love the message translation of Acts chapter number two, verse number 26, um, where uh, the, 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 the passage says, I have pitched my tent in the land of hope. I have pitched my tent in the land of hope. I love that. Um, the third thing he does, the third thing he does is uh, he, he, he digs a well. Now, the Bible gives us the image of him organizing his servants. Um, digging a well is not something you do by yourself. It, it, it's a team effort. Um, he digs a well. So if, if our, our duty to the Lord is represented in an altar, uh, you build an altar unto the Lord. Um, and if a tent is representative of taking care of our needs, um, then the third thing, a well, is something that is a gift and a duty to others. Um, wells are generational. When you dig a well, it's not just something you enjoy. It's not just something you receive. Um, it is truly a generational blessing. There are wells in the Holy Land that were dug by the patriarchs that are still there, still celebrated. Um, it is a quest for water in a desert land. That's why you dig a well. And so water in a desert land, and remember all the holy land is arid. Um, it's a symbol for life. It is really an access to life-giving force that provides refreshing, that provides cleansing, provides growth and um, even beauty. Um, it is necessary. And Jesus will use the image of water spiritually, and he'll refer to his presence within us um, as a well of water springing up into everlasting life. And this the water of this well will quench our thirsts forever, a perpetual blessing uh, given to us, um, uh, really really as, as uh, access to the eternal, the divine, the life that is beyond this life. And so uh, these three things, first, an altar unto the Lord. You must value that first. You must commit to that first, not second, not third. God must come first or you've missed the point. God must come first, or I have missed the point. We start with altars, and then we care for those altars. We tend those altars. So I want to ask you, how is your relationship with God doing? How is your prayer time doing? You should take it seriously. How is your uh, reflection uh, doing? I often encourage people who are just learning to pray. Prayer isn't hard if you make, if you make space for it. But if you don't make space for it, it, it feels almost impossible. And so I say it like this, look, if you'll start by making quiet time in your life, I mean, you'll find prayer is easy and natural. But if you don't make any quiet time in your life, prayer will seem impossible and impractical. Quiet time really is the door, the, the, the entryway to a, a vibrant prayer life. How's your altar doing? Build an altar, value an altar, meet the Lord there. Secondly, uh, you got to be honest. You have needs. Uh, build a tent. Um, you, 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 take, you, 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 you have to have a way of provisioning yourself in this life. Um, you have to think about how you're going to make a living. You have to think about the practical necessities of life. Um, this isn't, this isn't uh, something that, that, that God despises. Um, this is a right response to the presence of God. A tent will never replace an altar, but you've got to have a tent. Um, we, each of us, think about how we're going to um, do this. It may be that um, we do it through a career of some sort. It may be, that career may be um, small, a small business uh, venture. We have small business owners in our church, and I, I commend you all who have built businesses 
Uh, it's not a small thing to do. And I've, I've, I've done that myself. And I, I, I have a lot of sympathy for those of you who have successfully built a business. Also, uh, some of you have, are, have professional careers. You've educated yourself. You've got professional degrees. Um, I commend you. I, I saw my wife do that. And I know the intense years of sacrifice that you, you, you must fulfill in order to have that. To all of you in the church, I commend you for that. Uh, to our young people who are trying to figure out how to pitch a tent. Um, we have a lot of good examples in our church. Um, you can do this. You need to do it. It can never replace your altar. You can never replace your altar. Um, but uh, it's necessary. Now, you can make mistakes and orient your life toward the things of this world. Like, you know, we have a Sodom actually pitching his tent toward Sodom. Um, uh, excuse me, we have Lot uh, pitching his tent towards Sodom, and he actually um, he, he's focused himself toward that, and uh, you, we end up becoming that which we idolize, and that's what ha- that's what happens with him and his family pays the price for it. Um, and of course, lastly, um, we dig wells. We dig wells. It's not just ourselves who must have a relationship with God. Um, we must live a life of testimony and a life of witness so that others are introduced uh, to this to this this great uh, promise that God has given us this it, they're able to respond to the invitation of God in their life and so three things that Isaac does after his audience with the Lord remember there's a million things he doesn't understand but here's three things he does he builds an altar to God he pitches a tent and lastly he digs wells whatever it is you're facing whatever it is that you're wondering about, you can be faithful in the midst of questions. You can be faithful in the midst of many things, you know, you just, we're not going to understand. Well, maybe we'll understand better by and by, but in the here and now, what is required of us is not necessarily understanding or even clarity. What's required is faithfulness. You have a duty to God. You have a duty to the needs of yourself and the people in your life. And also you have a mission to bless others. Do you see? This is Isaac's response uh, to the the Word of God, the presence of God in his life. So uh, I want to pray, and wherever you are, wherever you're watching this, I'd like you just to uh, take a moment and, 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 and pray along with me. Lord Jesus, I'm praying for everyone uh, who is um, going through a difficult time and struggling to be faithful in the face of the many things that they do not understand. Lord, I'm praying for the single parent who is tired, exhausted, um, and feels very isolated. I'm, pl- I'm praying for the, the mother or the father uh, who's been laid off and they worried about their finances. Lord, I'm praying for the, the, single, the single adult who has been stuck in their apartment <laughs> for way too long and they're going a little bit crazy. Lord, be with your people. Lead us through this time of question and wondering and uncertainty. Lead us through and show us that that what we have to offer in this time is faithfulness. I want to say thank you, Lord, for your people who have been so faithful to you. And I pray your blessing over them. I pray your continued care uh, to them, that you would bring us through this and rejoin us together with great hope and great joy. I pray for all of the people around the world who are sick, who are battling 
this disease or any other. Lord, would you show mercy to us? Would you bring us through this season and bring good out of it? And I ask it in the name, the precious name of Jesus. Amen. We love you. We miss you. We'll see you soon. God bless. Thank you for listening to First Church Charlotte. If this podcast has blessed you, please rate it with four or five stars. By doing so, you will help others find our free podcast and bless them. If you're in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, come worship with us at 4929 North Sharon Amity Road. For information about service times, church ministries, and so much more, visit us online at firstchurchclt.com. If you would like to help support our efforts, please text GIVE to 704-445-5353. We pray God's richest blessings to you. Come, worship with us.